0: Hey everybody, it's Dan
1: and this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast on a Friday. Over the next five or so weeks before now and training camp, uh, we're going to still be coming to you five days a week here on this podcast feed. We're going to do something a little bit interesting though now and then. We're going to keep going with the live podcast, but there's going to be some days where we go back and we rerun some older podcasts because we did all these roundtables this offseason. And I think you guys really enjoyed listening to them. And so we're going to pick some of our best roundtables. And once or twice a week, we're going to rerun those. So that's what you're going to hear today. This is our quarterback draft. Now, just so you know, we recorded this on February 5th. A lot has changed since then. There's obviously been a draft. Some quarterbacks have changed teams since then. It's also worth noting that we recorded this before any of the allegations against Deshaun Watson were levied. So that's also an important note as you listen to this rerun of this podcast. Again, recorded on February 5th. It is our quarterback draft podcast. Doug Maurice is driving. Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ellis Williams, and I are picking along with him. All right, here we go. A classic orange and brown talk quarterback draft podcast.
2: Go back to the Orange and Brown Talk. It is a big round table, and we are drafting quarterbacks. All five of us, which is the new regular plan for the Big Friday pod, Doug Maurice, Mary Kay Cabot, Dan Lobby, Ellis Williams, Scott Patsco. and today we are trying to figure out where Baker Mayfield fits into the NFL quarterback hierarchy, and we are doing that by having a five-person draft, seven rounds, 35 total quarterbacks drafted, and this is the parameter that you need to keep in mind. It is for one year. It is for the 2021 season. Contracts do not matter. Potential in 2022 does not matter. And you are drafting for a generic winning team that is trying to win the Super Bowl. You can implement any system you want to implement. You will find the right coaches to make this quarterback successful. And to be clear, we are not trading Baker Mayfield to add this quarterback to the Browns because I honestly do think that's a different discussion. That it, that enters, you know, there's some stuff here, loyalty, what it, we're just talking about team X needs a QB and at what point would Baker Mayfield be that QB? So we are going to start at the top with Mary Kay Cabot. The draft order is Mary Kay, then Scott then Dan, then Ellis, then me. It is not a snake draft. So pick six will be Mary Kay. Pick 11 will be Mary Kay. We will work through seven rounds. We will try to not drag this out. And we will focus on when we get to the part where it's kind of Baker time and who is maybe drafted ahead of him or behind him and where we disagree on that. We're on the clock. Pick number one. Any quarterback also. No Drew Brees because we're pretty sure he's retired. No Phillip Rivers because he is retired. You can take college guys coming in. Trevor Lawrence is on the board. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. But you're only worried about how they will play in 2021. You're not drafting them for 10 years. All right, we're all good. I'm mostly talking to the listeners here and screaming at them about parameters. (laughs) There's no better way to start a podcast than with an 11-minute explanation of the rules (laughs) of the podcast. That hooks people right in. Oh, rules, great. Let's talk football. Let's talk quarterbacks. Mary Kay Cabot, you are up first on the clock. Pick number one in the Kaliba.com Orange or Brown Talk quarterback draft.
3: Well, surprise, surprise. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes at number one. We've all seen what he can do. That arm is scary. I can't believe some of the plays this guy can make. Uh, I, I think that the arrow is still pointing up. There's way more that he can accomplish. He's the number one pick.
4: Who uh, who disagrees with that? Disagree with <laughs> okay, Barry Kay just ruined my board. Oh, no. <laughs> Everything's ruined. <laughs> The
2: other I'm thing here that, that, now. that I think to keep in mind, and everybody can kind of do this their own way, people have actual injuries. And so if there's a quarterback who is dealing with an injury, you have to factor in my mind how you think that injury will or will not affect him in 2021. So if you think he might be not quite himself, maybe he falls down your board, even though talent-wise, he might be higher. So that's where we are with that. Patrick Mahomes is one. Scott Patsco, you're up. Who's two?
4: If I asked our football insider subscribers for help with this pick this afternoon, I told him I had the second pick. I said, assume Mahomes was going number one. And they weren't much help. I got a ton of responses. Lots of Rodgers, lots of Brady, lots of Watson, some Baker. Um, so I'm kind of on my own here. I'm going with Tom Brady. I don't care if he's getting his AARP card in a few years. PFF graded him above 90 for just the fifth time in his career. He's doing this year exactly what we're doing in this draft. He went to a new team. They, they build everything around him. And he's in the Super Bowl. So Tom Brady is my pick.
2: I it had is Tom Brady. Number you had two. Tom Brady? Number two. I did not have Tom Brady number two. It is interesting to try to factor in like when is age ever going to catch up with him? Because you're not drafting this year's Tom Brady. You're drafting what you think Tom Brady will be next year. So Mary Kay had him too. Scott picked him too. Ellis had him on his poster on his wall. Ellis, did you have him too? <laughs> you guys actually want to know where I have Tom Brady? No, don't tell us where you have him. Do you have him too? I do not have him too. Dan, did you have him too? I don't have him close to two. Okay. I don't have him two either. We'll save the discussion a little bit when we get a little juicier here because Dan Lobby is up next with pick number three.
1: But I'll, t- I'll tell you this, hearing Tom Brady's name read, just my eyes lit up because now I've got all these possibilities. I thought there were two guys I was going to be picking from here. Instead, I've got three guys that I want to pick from, and this, this changes my math a little bit. So I am going to go with that number two pick because this guy fell to me. I don't want this guy sitting in the green room again on draft day. I feel bad for him. So I'm just going to grab him. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers here at at number three.
2: Aaron Rodgers at three. So we have two of the first three picks are older quarterbacks. (laughs) Let's save until we get to the end of round one. And we'll discuss a little bit where we disagreed on the order here. Ellis Williams, you're up with pick number four. This sucks.
0: This is not going how I thought it would. I guess I'm gonna hope someone comes back to me because I can't let. I can't. I can't pick over this guy. So I'm going with Deshaun Watson. Led the league in passing yards, playing for an abysmal team. Uh, say no more. I think he's underutilized as a runner. He's like Mary Kaye's with Patrick Mahomes. But we're just scratching the surface with Deshaun Watson. I, I think I would have taken him two in this conversation to be quite honest. So I'll take Deshaun Watson at what are we at four? That's yeah. at four.
1: I
2: also had Deshaun Watson two on my board. I would have taken Deshaun Watson second because I think you're talking a little bit about he's coming from a rough situation. If you put him on generic team X, how much better might he get? But I had, in I tried to group my quarterbacks. I had five quarterbacks that I called sure things that to me, if I'm drafting them, I am sure they are capable of leading me to a Super Bowl. It doesn't mean they're going to, but I think they, I would have no doubt about, my ability to think I'm a Super Bowl contender when this guy's my quarterback and I have a good team around him. And four of the five just got taken. So I'm taking the last guy at this level. And I'll be curious if everybody else would have him at this level, I'm taking Russell Wilson. And I don't know if that those top four, I actually had Brady fifth behind Wilson, but I get that's more of an age thing. I'm curious, like if this top five, so we just went Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, Watson, Wilson. I I bet people will disagree on the order. Dan, that general top five, does that feel
1: right to you? Outside of Brady, I did not have Brady in my top five, but I actually thought I was going to be picking at three between Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. And I was kind of, you know, earlier today, I was leaning towards Wilson, but then I thought, you know what? No, I think Deshaun Watson is that good that I might take him you know, even if it is just for that, I've got to win a game next or, or win next year. So I thought I was going to be picking between those two uh, at number three, and I ended up taking Rogers because he was there. I thought he would go in the top two.
3: You know what? Scott, I just okay. Oh, I was going to say, I just realized that we should start. We should give ourselves points for nosers, but only because I'm five for five right now.
2: <laughs> That's so, your
3: order. That is my order, and. I have it right here, which I th- I doubt you can see. You can't see that probably. And especially because you're listening on a podcast, you can't see this. <laughs> but, uh, but I have proof. I sent my first two pages, which is 16, my, my top 16 to Ellis, because I was trying to explain that I'm on vacation sort of right now. <laughs> and I just kind of rolled in from the beach with sand in between my toes and I threw together my list. And so I wanted to show Ellis what I had so he could laugh at me. And I, I'm five for five right now. But Ellis can corroborate that, right?
2: Ellis says you're back. I, I, that's smart. I should have sent my list to Ellis too. Scott, does it, you started this off. Your Brady Pickett too was one that not everybody agreed with. This top five, what do you think, Scott?
4: Uh, it, I had four of the top five. Five was not, uh, I did not have uh, Wilson five. I had someone else there. But other than that, everything went, according to the list I had, and I know I had a lot to do with that because, like you said, I picked Brady. So I didn't have any problem with the way, the way the first round went. And really, I had Wilson six, so I wasn't too far off.
0: Ellis, do you have any big disagreements here? I have no disagreements. Um, I was like, Scott, four for five here, did not have Brady in my top five. But just play a Tom, you know I'm cool with him going second and being in the top five.
4: How do you not want a guy who's been – what, this is going to be his 10th Super Bowl – this is, we're talking about the last NFL season in the history of the world, 2021. He got one shot to win it all. He just threw 40 freaking touchdowns at age 43. And it, it's just, we're talking about one year. We're not talking about five years from now. Tom Brady will be fine next year. He's going to fall apart in the offseason. He seems to really be into taking care of himself. I, just, I don't know. I can't see how you don't have Tom Brady in your top five.
0: This is so uncomfortable for me because for our listening audience who heard got to watch the tape the other day, I have a mic on with a headset and said, I look like a Chick-fil-A order taker. Now Scott (laughs) has a bigger headset on than me and he looks like he's calling plays on an NFL sideline. (laughs) And now I'm back in a quarter arguing why Tom Brady's not in my top five. I'll put it this way. When Doug laid out all the rules to this draft, we kept defenses out of it. So I assumed the team we're drafting for has a a average defense. And I just, Tom Brady has been helped by his defense the last handful of seasons, whether it's Bill Belichick or now. And because of that average defense, I needed to load up on quarterbacks who were aggressive offensively downfield throwers and had some athleticism. You're going to notice as this draft unfolds, I've got some, some guys who make plays with their legs over more of the stationary quarterback, so that's my position. I hate that I'm arguing against Tom Brady, but that that's that's my logic. Scott, Ellis, has I'm,
1: the I'm with you on not having ball. him top five, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stake I'm not gonna put anything out there for people to clip as to why I don't think Tom Brady's the top five quarterback anymore. It's all Ellis. Ellis is the one that said that.
2: <laughs> when the Bucks win the Super Bowl, it's going to be beat because of Ellis Williams. Doubting, throwing shade at his hero that's going to motivate Tom Brady. All right, let's go to the second round. First pick of the second round is Mary Kay Cabot. In my hierarchy, I had five sure winners. I had nine quarterbacks in the next level that I called very comfortable winners. That if I had them as my quarterback, I don't say to myself, oh, man, I'm automatically a Super Bowl contender. But I believe in my heart that I can win a Super Bowl with any of these nine guys. Mary Kay, you're up. Who's your pick?
3: You know what? This is where I think uh, you could put – any number of names in here. This is where I looked at number six and I thought there are six guys I could pick for this spot. So this is where it started to get a little divergent for me. And I probably went with a guy that maybe most of you wouldn't put here. Uh, But I went with Dak Prescott at number six. Coming off an injury, but I like him. You had him, Dan? he
1: He was my number five.
3: Oh, OK. All right. So we,
1: we can discuss that later. So you don't he,
3: think I'm crazy. OK, he's
2: my number six. And if he was completely healthy, I would have put him in the top group.
3: OK, awesome. We're we're on the same page here. A lot of us. OK, cool. I,
2: I, I will say, Mary Kay, I that's not who I thought you were going to pick. I <laughs> maybe thought you were going to pick somebody that I... you seem to like, but you left them on the board. I think Dak is very smart because Mary Kay, the only hesitation is health. Yes. Right.
3: Right. Right. And okay. and I, you know what? I didn't pick the guy that you thought I was going to pick because it's so darn cliche for me to do that. And I (laughs) kind (laughs) of, so I just kind of went away from the predictable thing and I went with Dak.
2: All right. We'll move off Dak. We're getting to the juicy part. This is to the part we're already at the part where I think it is not obvious. So let's go to Scott Patzko with pick number seven, who you got Scott.
4: I'm going with Josh Allen. He was my number five. It's you're right. It it is kind of like, this is the point where you can make arguments for a lot of guys. I mean, and I'm somebody who was kind of maybe mocking one of our colleagues, Hayden Grove, a little bit for his love of Josh Allen early on, uh, especially during Allen's rookie year, but he's turned it around the last two seasons. He's proven himself and I'm going with Allen here. If you believe it, Absolutely. I also had him
2: seven. The only question would be, I think the only, we're hitting a point here where the only way you would not pick him in the top seven is if you really think it's a mirage. If you think he's going to revert to what he was before, but Dan, if, if he is what, what he looks like this year, I mean, to me, there's no doubt he's a top seven guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at the completion percentage, you look at the way he played and yes, the playoffs were a little rough for him but I still think there's a lot of ceiling there with Josh Allen and I feel good about what he is. And remember, right. Right. The parameters are we're dropping this guy into the perfect system for him. So I I think because of that, you know, I had Josh Allen pretty high on my list as well.
2: All right. So you now are up, Dan, who's picked number eight in our QB draft. So,
1: So this is when it gets really tough, right? And this is where I think it's important to remember. This is for one year because this might start to be where if this were for like the next five years or the next 10 years, you'd start to maybe play the, the age game a little bit. There's a lot of ways I can go, including the one that Browns fans are, are waiting to hear, but I'm, I'm not going to do it. How about this guy? I might go. If I'm dropping him into the perfect system, I actually think I'm going to go because I trust him and I know what he can do. Is this too high for Ryan Tannehill?
0: I thought you were going, going somewhere else there. I love it, Dan. I love that pick. Good for you. Up like very
2: competent, right? Very competent. But are you giving away any upside? I mean, this is a, this is a kind of a sure thing. I think we're getting to an area here where there are some younger quarterbacks that even though, as you said, Dan, we're not looking that far in the future, but there also might be some guys who are ready for a leap who might be better than Ryan Tannehill next year, but there's a little risk here. Ellis, we don't have to get to your pick yet, but you
0: loved the Tannehill pick, Ellis? I do. Um, I am, I'll admit, I'm surprised to hear him this early, but looking at my board, I kept wondering if I should move him up a bit for this reason. It has been beyond impressive what Ryan Tannehill's done when we just consider what he was thought of leaving Miami. I mean, a complete afterthought to then becoming, uh, if you look at DVOA, I believe he was in the top five this year for quarterbacks. Um, I, I know he, he was, he was in that, was you know, six, six. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So right in this range, we're talking uh, seeing Tennessee play live this year also showed me two things that I didn't completely realize about Ryan Tannehill much better athlete than we all realize he can get on the perimeter and make some plays more of an athlete than a few quarterbacks are probably going to name later in this, in this podcast and second he can just get the ball downfield and I thought for a little bit there that it was more a product of Corey Davis and AJ Brown being freak talents and of course that has something to do with it but he's got an arm he can make just about every throw and just his command of that offense because we got to remember this is the same offense they're running in Minnesota it's the same offense they're running in San Francisco a lot of shades of it in Los Angeles for the Rams and of course the same offense they're running in Cleveland and I think Tannehill runs that same offense the best of all those teams I just named.
1: Let let me throw another number at you, too. Uh, You mentioned DVOA. He's six. Football Outsiders has another stat called DYAR, which is their kind of quarterback uh, above replacement number. And he is sixth there as well, right up there with guys like Deshaun Watson, who's fifth, uh, Josh Allen, who's fourth. So there's a lot of metrics that make Ryan Tannehill look really good.
2: Mary Kay, what would you think of Tannehill in this general range?
3: I had him lower. I had him mid-teens. Uh, and, and I think I had him mid-teens and Dan makes a great argument there. Ellis makes a great argument there uh, for him to be this high. Uh, but I had him mid-teens, I think in part because I don't know, I sort of see him a little bit as a system quarterback and maybe that's unfair, but I just have that in my mind. And uh, I don't know. I just don't have him up there in the top 10, even though statistically for sure he, he is there.
2: I had him 14th on my list and it's because I think there are other guys who might jump past him next year that I think right now, I think this is a great argument for what he is, but I think he is what he is. I don't, he's not going to get better. And there might be guys who a year from now after playing 2020 are better, but I think it's a, it's a very smart pick. And I think it's, it's a, I think it is a pick at this point in the draft and where it's like the least amount of a question mark you would have here, because we are in, sort of young guy, question mark range. And it's Ellis Williams who has this next pick at nine.
0: All right. I'm ecstatic. I can't believe this guy is still here. Uh, my first pick, I was nervous because I was seeing the board. I'm like, all right, he might not get back to me. He's my number five pick and I'm getting him what now at nine. Yep. It's Lamar Jackson. To me, it's a no brainer, Lamar Jackson. When I was working through this list and Doug had the caveat or you could install any offense you wanted to, it became very clear to me. And i I'm silly. Green Bay also runs the ex- same same exact offense, and Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback that runs it, so we'll put Ryan Tannehill at two because this offense, the, the the heavy play action, wide zone scheme, is really the, the epicenter of how I formulated my board. Aaron Rodgers showed what a elite quarterback with a, a skill set that is only comparable to Patrick Mahomes looks like in this offense. Ryan Tannehill, I think, is the best, like, above average traits type quarterback in this offense. I can't imagine what Lamar Jackson would do in this offense, putting him under center, allowing him to bootleg, giving him simple reads. He already is a, a throws across the middle more than anywhere on the field. It, it would be predicated for him. And then he would have uh, receiving options. Even a big body like Rashard Higgins, Lamar Jackson could have used last year. So if we're saying like building this offense, the problem with the Ravens offense was, their receivers were all the, the, had the same skill set, small runners, and they just run slants. It was a real simple passing concept. Get Lamar Jackson in this offense; he already was a unanimous MVP once, and this is an offense that has clearly proven to get the best out of quarterbacks. And for you to be a top five quarterback in this league, I think you have to have one undefendable trait. For guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers, it's obviously their arm and their ability to create. For Lamar Jackson, it's his feet. He's the most athletic player in NFL history to ever touch a football. It's Mike Vick. It's Deion Sanders. Randy Moss. No, it's it's Lamar Jackson. His speed is, should, does not belong on a football field, and then put him in an offense as sophisticated as the Cleveland Browns or the Los Angeles Rams, and I think you have another MVP quarterback.
2: Scott, the Lamar range here, are you in general agreement that this is the right area for him?
4: I had him eight, so yeah, I'm, I'm cool with this, uh, this range for him. It makes a lot of sense. I had him above Tannehill. I had Tannehill 10th. But, yeah, I think I agree with everything uh, uh, Ellis said. I think his skill set is just sets him apart. And I still remember the combine, people asking him about becoming a wide receiver. And years later now, just how crazy that sounds, just after seeing him do all this. So, yeah, I, I like that at eight. Or was that eight? That was nine.
2: That was nine. Yeah, so, so I had he, eight.
4: So it was just one spot below. He
2: He got his first playoff win this year, but he also, like, in the playoff loss – right? I mean, he, he has a a devastating mistake that takes away his team's chance to win. That affected me. I'm not, I'm in range with Lamar here. I had him 10th, but I'm not sure we've, I think we've seen a version of what his ceiling is. I'm not sure what his floor is. And there's a little bit that leaks in with me now at this point of, is he, are we sure he's going to stay this good? I don't know, Dan, like did that, leak into your Lamar thinking at all? Or are you like, is it pretty clear this guy's special?
1: I thought about it. I thought about the fact that he has had his struggles in the playoffs, but I mean, I had him right here too. I, w- I was really choosing between him and Tannehill, to be honest. And, you know, my rankings here are a little, they're a little mushy. It's, it's kind of how I'm feeling when my, when my name gets called, I guess. But <laughs> I had these guys sort of in, in the same range. And I mean, you know, on my list, I had Tannehill and, and then Jackson. So I'm not surprised to see him go here. I, I was thinking about taking him in my spot.
2: And Mary Kay, generally Lamar here makes sense to you?
3: Generally, how about pick number nine?
4: She's on a roll. What is Mar- that hyper over here?
3: Which, <laughs> Alice, you can back me up on this. She's I had not a, writing them
4: down as we go, right?
3: She, I had she actually a, had
4: this done before. No, me. I,
3: yes. I, I can, can vouch for it. He can vouch for that. So I'm, I've only, there's only two guys so far that I, I haven't gotten nosers. Um, but, anyways, uh, I agree. The playoff thing, scares me a little bit. Playoffs have to be so heavily weighted. That's where you have to make your hay. That is where a quarterback needs to rise to the occasion and get your team to the next game. And since he hasn't been able to do that yet, sometimes it makes me wonder what it's going to take with him. So I actually sometimes envision them like bringing in another quarterback off the bench to make some plays that I worry that he can't make. So I have him here probably a little lower maybe than I would have because of the playoff thing.
2: I think his upside's top five, right? I mean, if you think you get the, you had, you said you had him fifth, Ellis, if you think you get the best version of Lamar in the best situation, I think he is one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. I'm just not sure even with generic team X, if you'd get that. All right. I'm up next to pick 10. I am at the point. I have two people that are on my board higher than my 10 spot and we're in range we're, we're getting in range here. Mm-hmm. I will say that I think if Joe Burrow was hundred percent healthy, I think I would pick Joe Burrow here. I think he is the real deal, but he had a devastating injury. So I'm not doubting Joe Burrow's career. I'm not picking him here for 2021. And I almost want to do it, but I'm going to stick to my board and I'm ready for it, including from the listeners. I'm ready for it because I'm not certain about this. Like Dan said, I could go either way. I'm in a group of like, I'd say there's four quarterbacks here that I could pick either one, but I'm going to take Justin Herbert. I'm going to take super high upside if it hits in year two. Like if he's ready, like arm, vision, athleticism, like he kind of was in a weird coaching situation this year. Like if you give him the right coach, the right offense, sometimes it hits for guys in year two. I'm going upside pick here for Justin Herbert. Dan, what do you think of that?
1: I love it because when you said you were thinking about Joe Burrow, I I would, I would take Justin Herbert right now over Joe Burrow, honestly, injury or not. I think I would take Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow. I think Justin Herbert had a fantastic rookie season, uh, I actually wrote this down here and I, I want to double check it just to make sure I, I've got it right. Cause it seems almost, almost unbelievable, but under pressure this season, Justin Herbert had the best rating of any quarterback in the NFL. That's according to pro football focus, 99.4. I, I think he is, he was one of the surprises this year. There were a lot of things about him coming out of Oregon that, you know, scouts were saying about his personality and things like that, that maybe he wasn't a leader, maybe he didn't have some of those traits, but when this guy stepped on the field, almost beat Kansas City in his very first game and, and just kept going from there. I think now with a, a better coaching situation, we're going to see the best of Justin Herbert. I, I think he was the better of those two when we're comparing Burrow and Herbert. I think Herbert was better.
2: Mary Kay, in range here on Justin Herbert. Makes sense or too high?
3: I had him. At 12. I had him at 12. So definitely within range uh, for all those reasons that you guys have mentioned. Uh, He's he's so exciting to watch. He's he's one of the up and coming guys. He was sort of flew under the radar and blew everybody away. And I think he's going to be so exciting to watch over the years. So I had him right there at number 12. So very close.
2: All right. We're going to take a break because we're in range. We are in range. When we come back, first pick in the third round, pick number 11 for Mary Kay Cabot. When will it be time to pull the trigger? You're listening to the Orange and Brown Talk quarterback draft. We'll be back after this. Pick number 11, Mary K Cabot. I'm going to go to the big board. I'm going to talk about, okay, let's go to the big. Who's left? Kyler Murray is on the board. Joe Burrow is on the board. Matthew Stafford. Just traded for, he's on the board. Trevor Lawrence, if you want to go with the projected first pick in the draft, he's on the board. Baker Mayfield's on the board. Lot of interesting possibilities here. Mary Kay, who are you picking? Uh-oh. She's just banging a fork <laughs> on something,
4: thudded instead of, of clanged. Does that, does that work for you before with the phone and the...
3: <laughs> I I'm It's time. It's time. It's time. And here's why it's time. I love Joe Burrow. Okay. I love jumping Joe Burrow. But the injury, the injury scares me a little bit. It just, it does. This is a very serious injury by him. So, therefore, I'm going Baker Mayfield here. It is time. It's time to pick him because, again, we could pick him three, four spots later, but I think he showed enough this year. Think about this. 20 touchdown passes and two interceptions in his final how many ever games after throwing that pick in Cincinnati that resulted in the Odell Beckham Jr. torn ACL. So I I think it's time. I think there's upside for him. I do. I think his second year in this system, I think he's going to get even better. And this is the spot where I feel comfortable.
2: So I want to go around and I want all this on the record for sure. So Mary Kay, on your list, where did you have Baker?
3: I had him pretty high in part, like I said, because I came in quickly off the beach and made a very fast list. So I I had him at number seven. I had him at number seven. Wow. Okay. Which is very, very high. I know that's very high. Part of it is also that I'm a little afraid of Doug. So that had something to do with Very,
2: that. very reasonable.
4: That's the way to make all your lists. I'd always be a little afraid of me. Scott, Scott, where did you have Baker on your list? I had him ninth. So I had him just behind Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott and right ahead of Tannehill. Um, so, I mean, this is, I guess, within range. Um, I didn't have Herbert that high. I had him 13th. I really was trying to value experience and having done it before over hoping that a guy's going to take a leap next season when I have this perfect team and I just got to drop my quarterback in there. So, but ninth, you know, basically the spot. Ellis, where did you have Baker?
0: Set myself up for this. Here we go. I have Baker Mayfield at 16th tied with a other quarterback. I can name that quarterback if you'd like me to, but I have him tied at 16th. Dan, where did you have Baker?
1: I had him just outside the top 10. I think I've got him. 11th or 12th year on my list i had him ahead of herbert in part because of what scott said if i'm trying to win next year i'm probably going with a guy that i really know what i'm getting whereas herbert maybe he does take a step back in year two or maybe he takes off in year two we just don't know but i had him just a shade outside of the top 10 uh, kind of in a mix with a bunch of other guys I I just couldn't put him ahead ahead of some of the other guys that I had in that top 10 grouping. But I I honestly think I'm curious. Just real quick. One word answers. If you would have had the opportunity, if everyone here would have taken Baker in this kind of group of five here, because I would have, if he would have gotten to me,
2: I think everybody, but Ellis would have probably. Right. So I also, I had Baker ninth. So we have Mary Kay seven, Scott and I have him nine. Dan has him 11 or 12. And Ellis has him at 16. To me, again, you had that top five. Our first round, I think, was pretty clear. Then I thought Dak Prescott and Josh Allen are really, I think, they're ahead of Baker in something like this. And I had Lamar a spot below Baker, but that might be wrong. That might be wrong. That might be me being overemphasizing a bad pick in the playoffs. So I'll buy that. But I think so. I think that if you think those eight, are a pretty clear top eight, I think Baker absolutely for sure is in the mix next, right? That whether we're debating, and, and this is the thing here, so he winds up going 11th, but three of us have him higher than 11th, and Dan has him right at 11, basically. Then it's like your preference. Well, I had Herbert. I almost picked Baker instead of Herbert at 10, but I didn't. So now it's a little preference here, but if you're talking Justin Herbert, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, that's the range for him and to me he's in the range of like very comfortable winners. That I believe if Baker Mayfield is my quarterback, we are capable of winning the Super Bowl. It doesn't guarantee me a Super Bowl like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes would, but I feel very comfortable with it and I think this is part of the why I wanted to do this exercise. Is for people to have that realization that all right, there's probably a top eight in the league, but Baker is absolutely in that next group. And I think we all would generally agree with that, but I will give Ellis the floor here. 16. I'm not saying you're wrong, but that to me is, you know, we all have different tiers, but that to me is is almost almost like a tier below a little bit, that you're there's a little less certainty when you're having, you're saying you're five or six spots before you would have picked him.
0: Yep, you did my heavy lifting early for me, so I appreciate that. It is a tier lower because I didn't, I I was going to disagree with what you said, like, oh, now we're in the uh, personal preference thing, like Justin Herbert or Baker, where my response to that would have been, well, then your personal preference is wrong. Because here's what I'm going to go back to. When I was making this list, to be a top flight quarterback, top five, top 10, you need an undefendable trait. Justin Herbert was the guy I didn't name on that list of Mahomes, Rogers, Allen, because I was hoping he would fall to me. Doug, you made a great pick. He's the other guy that can just backpedal and backpedal in the pocket and backpedal in the pocket and then launch it. It's undefendable. So I, I, Herbert blows Baker out of the water for me. Secondly, I think we need to recalibrate a, the definition of a quarterback you can win the Super Bowl with. Like, yeah, that, that is the goal. I understand that. Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo played in a Super Bowl. And Jared Goff just played in a Super Bowl. How are all those teams feeling about their quarterbacks? Were those seasons just lightning in a bottle that a lot of other things worked out and they won the Super Bowl? Yeah, I get it. You need to have luck and things need to work out for you to win a Super Bowl. And those teams, especially the Eagles, of course, because they won, wouldn't trade that season for anything. And I'm sure Niners fans who were up 20 to 13 with six minutes to play in the fourth uh, and Rams fans who, what, that was like a 6-0 to zero game in late in the fourth quarter, love those seasons too. But I think the, what we need to change this conversation to is what quarterbacks give you the most shots at the dartboard to be in the AFC Divisional round? Because that's the point. Get in the tournament. Win a game in the tournament. It's not just good enough to get there anymore because that's not as a secure spot as it once was because now we have head coaches that systems help get you there We have opportunistic defenses that just get hot and create turnovers that get you there. And then all of a sudden, things fall apart, and you're not the team you are. Injuries happen. Look at the 49ers. If the 49ers had a quarterback who is in my top 12, a problem solver, they wouldn't have fell to the bottom of their division this year. But Jimmy Garoppolo is not a problem solver, despite playing in a Super Bowl. So I can digress from here. I don't know. Do you guys want me to list the quarterbacks I have in front of Baker? No, no, we'll wait. We'll, We'll wait. But but that's my point. I think we I think the quarterbacks I have in front of him have proven that they give you ample opportunity to be in that AFC divisional round game and then make your run compared to, oh, can you win a Super Bowl with this guy? Well, sure. If that's the if that's the baseline, then the list is a lot longer than we're giving it credit for. This is your pick. I think you
2: mentioned this off the top how much upside do you think is left for Baker? Because again, this is all projecting forward. We're not ranking quarterbacks on who was the best quarterback this year. We're saying next year. I mean, how much, how much better do you think he can get in terms of being even more accurate, maybe making more big plays down the field, maybe even doing a little more in the run game, just all the things that, is there a lot left there in your mind?
3: Absolutely. 100%. And that is why, I went so high with this, and it's also why you can make a case. I think most of us uh, on this on this podcast had Josh Allen ranked significantly, or at least a little bit higher than Baker, right? for what he's done so far. And that's great. But he has been in a system for several years. He's had Brian Dayball for several, several years. Brian Dayball has had an opportunity to go back and dig into all that film in an off season and come back and get even more out of Josh Allen, Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt, who are brilliant, haven't had a chance to do that yet with Baker Mayfield. They had to do the best that they can could with what they worked with and what we saw when they had a week off, when they had a bye week, we saw what happened when they dug in and said, "Hey, let's do more play action. Hey, let's uh, roll them out a little bit more. Hey, let's you know whatever." Uh, they they really uh, improved and got him completely turned around in a bye week. Okay, so that is why I went with the upside potential. Not only that, I also did so because. I don't think they're standing pad on offense. I don't think they are. I think they're either going to have Odell Beckham Jr. back this year, who for all intents and purposes should be sort of like when everything's humming along, should be kind of like the Browns Tyreek Hill in some ways. Okay. Baker didn't have that guy. I mean, he didn't have that guy. He had Jarvis, uh, but he didn't have that sort of superstar number one receiver. He lost his number one guy. What if Josh Allen was, lost Stefan Diggs this year, right? Would he have been the Josh Allen that we saw? I don't think so. I really don't think so. So I gave Baker an Odell Beckham Jr. or somebody comparable to that, wherever they find that guy. And I gave him another Offseason in this system with some of the best coaches in the NFL. I'm extremely impressed with this coaching staff. They're so smart. These guys are really good at what they do. When I think of Bill Callahan, Chad O'Shea, Kevin Stefanski, Alex Van Pelt, Stump Mitchell, these guys are, are going to take this to the next level next year with Baker. And there's another factor to consider. Baker Mayfield defies all odds. He defies everybody's odds. When you think he can't get any better, he's going to prove to you that he can get better. When you tell him he's throwing interceptions, he's going to go out and he's going to throw 20 touchdowns against only two interceptions. When you tell him that he doesn't deserve a blockbuster contract extension in the off season, he's going to prove to you that he can. And I think he's going to work himself up into a little frenzy again this off season And I think he's going to come back and they're going to put all these pieces together. And I think he's going to be better next year. So that is why I gave him the benefit of the doubt that he could be better than Josh Allen, potentially that Dan, you had Ryan Tannehill at number eight. I think Baker can be better than Ryan Tannehill. So maybe seven seems crazy high, but if you break down who we have after him, I kind of think based on what we talked about with the playoff thing, Maybe he can be better than Lamar Jackson in terms of trying to get you to the Super Bowl.
2: I he's gonna plaster number eleven pick in the orange and brown talk quarterback draft right on his locker. Oh, number eleven? You think I'm number eleven? Before we leave Baker, because again, this is the whole reason we're doing this. Scott or Dan, do you guys have anything you want to add on Baker here that before we move off of him?
1: I mean, I, I would just add I, I just want to know what Baker I'm getting, right? because we haven't seen him do it for 16 games. We haven't seen him do it for a full season yet. And when you when you look at his numbers from last season, overall over 16 games, they're pretty pedestrian. But when you look at his numbers over his last 6 games, those project to 4500 yards, which is top 5. His rating was 103.4, which is really good. His completion percentage was 65.16. That's okay. You can live with that. So if I'm getting that guy for a full season, that's a top five or top 10 quarterback. But if again, over the course of 16 games every year, he's going to throw for 3,500 yards and 20 touchdowns and 63%. And I, you know, I know there's more to it than just raw numbers, but you know, that's kind of a guy that's sort of just in between 10 and 15. So I think the ceiling on Baker is really high, but I also think the good thing about Baker, and I think why a lot of us have him here is the floor is kind of, this guy, right? Like a guy who at worst is going to be just outside the top 10. And, and you can certainly live with that at the quarterback position and find ways to win with that at the quarterback position.
4: Yeah. Baker's one of those guys on this list who we're talking maybe more about what he could be more so than what he's necessarily done because this season was very similar to, you know, the, the end of his, his rookie year, it was this great play down the stretch, but I think this time it was a lot more believable and the competition was better. Um, one one thing about this whole uh, exercise we're doing here, when you get to like 16, 17 on on this list here, you're getting into iffy territory. You're getting into quarterbacks who either their teams don't really like them much anymore. uh, They were benched. They're looking for a team or they just haven't done anything in the league yet. And Baker's not in that group. The Browns aren't in that group. So the fact that Mayfield is kind of right outside the top 10 here and kind of solidly in that group of you know what his status is with the team you've seen him be successful he's clearly the guy the team wants at the very least for next season that that's a big place for the browns to be in so even though maybe some fans might have wanted him even higher than than we've had him, the browns and mayfield i think are in a really good spot here can
1: i can i throw one thing out there just 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 kind of show how thin the line is because i'm really curious about this and it popped in my head if baker mayfield takes that ball at arrowhead stadium And leads the Browns on the go go ahead drive and potential game winning drive. Is he outside the top ten for any of us? I think you make a good point because
2: I think like the idea of like physically, mentally, emotionally, leadership, vision, playmaking in the moment you like lead your team down the field and like beat the Chiefs. I mean, you you have to view him a little differently, right? I mean, I think now now the one thing is I to your point, Dan, and I think this is where what Ellis would say, and we'll let Ellis say it. There are guys who have not been named yet who have traits that are better than Baker. Baker is not, you know, he sort of is what he is. He's not going to be as fast as some guys. He's not going to have as big of an arm as some guys. So if you are, and, and leaning on traits is a very smart thing to do. There are some guys who say, well, yeah, that was great. But still, if this guy maxes out, he's going to be better than Baker. I think that would still exist, Dan, but I think you make a good point, but I, and I think it should matter a little bit, right? Because, you would have done it when the chips were down.
0: And I think that would raise you up a level.
1: It's just, I, it's just a very thin line, right, Ellis?
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's probably a, a little thicker line for me. But <laughs> to your point about the, the Chiefs game, if he captures that moment, then no doubt he moves up my list. If he wins the Jets game, he moves up my list. Again, I need my top 12 quarterback you know, to be a problem solver. I think Kyler Murray beats the Jets. I think Justin Herbert finds a way to beat the Jets. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, guys like Doug said that have traits where Baker Mayfield. I'm just, what do you do that is so superbly different than the rest of the field? I think Baker's been uplifted by his system, by the best offensive line in football, and then an opportunistic defense. If he, if, if, but to close my point, if the Kansas City game would have ended like the Cincinnati Bengals game, then hell yeah, he's way up my list, but that's not what happened.
3: I want to add something here real quick. Ellis, you talk about, you know, what is that trait that sets a quarterback apart? I actually think there are a couple that you can point to with Baker Mayfield. One of them is his uncanny ability in the red zone. He's gotten really, really good in the red zone. And when I talked to Case Keenum about him, uh, he just he said he's built for the red zone with his shiftiness, with his accuracy, with his uh, with his vision and all those kinds of things. He's just sort of built uh, to go down and score once you're in the red zone. His accuracy came back this year. Um, and then the other thing is the all those guys that you talked about beating the Jets. Could they all beat the Jets without any of their receiving core could yeah
0: i'm including i'm including that i'm including you think they could have yes your quarterback needs to solve problems that it's as simple as that stuff doesn't stuff doesn't go your way in the nfl the browns were healthy for the most part this year in in very critical spots the jets game was obviously a a hell of a curveball but considering it's the jets the guys i named have the traits to overcome not playing with a receiving core that had no experience. I think they win that game Con- yeah. because it's the jets. It's the only team in the league that I could say that for.
3: Yeah. And, and I I mean, I think that that was, you know, we've all seen this. We saw with the Pittsburgh Steelers in the wild card game, when you start turning the ball over, forget it, stick a fork in it. It's time to go home. And Baker Mayfield put the ball on, on the ground three times in that game. And I mean, that's on him. It is on him, but. I I think that was an anomaly. I I think if he goes and plays that game nine more times out of 10, he's winning that game.
2: All right. That was a good Baker discussion. Again, I I think we're really getting some good context here. I think if you're a traits guy, I think there's at least one more guy on the board who you would be like, what, how is that guy not ahead of Baker? If we're really going by that. And then I think there's another guy that the injuries factor in here, but we'll let Scott Patsco figure this out. He's up next. It's the second pick of the third round pick number 12 in our draft. Scott, go ahead.
4: There's only one guy left uh, who hasn't been drafted. Uh, who's in my top 15 that, that that would have been drafted. Right. And that's Derek Carr of the Raiders. So I got him. Uh, he was my 11th guy. So I'll take Carr here.
2: Little high for me, little high for me. He's not been think- in the top
4: 10 in PFF passing grade and DYAR each of the last two seasons. He's not somebody that you want to go out and build your team around, but I don't know. This is the third quarterback I picked. He's my third string quarterback. That's pretty good,
2: right? Is he close to Baker in your mind? You said you had Baker nine. He's two spots below. He's two spots below. Okay. But in the same range? I mean, you think Carr and, and Mayfield are in the same grouping, though? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to make you do a tier. Well, I didn't know we were doing tiers. All right. So your pick is your pick. It's the 12th pick. Uh, anybody have a, a, something against this pick that Scott made that they think this is bad?
3: I had him at 14. So I was right with you here with where Derek Carr was. I had him at number 14. I really, really like him a lot. Uh, And so I think you can make a strong case for him at number 12. It's not who I would have picked at number 12. And I thought you were going to say somebody else. I thought, I think maybe a a few of us thought you were going to say somebody else here. So I was mildly surprised, but not shocked.
1: I I think Derek Carr, I don't want to say saved his career this year, but I think he showed that he is a guy who can play the position at a high level, especially if things are right around him. And, you know, John Gruden, at least early in the season, before things fell apart for the Raiders, did a a nice job of sort of building that offense around him. So I was impressed when I watched Eric Carr this year. I thought he looked like a good quarterback, a guy that sort of belongs probably in this tier or, you know, like like you said, like we're not really doing tiers, but this tier or, you know, next round, you know, I've kind of got him in sort of that same range as like a, you know, am I going to take De- Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan? Which, which of those guys am I going to take? I, I could kind of flip a coin, or there's three of them, so roll a die, whatever, and kind of pick one of those guys like that. He
2: is interesting, and I think he's a little bit like Baker in this, which is the point is there's a lot of quarterbacks like this that at their best, like at his best, Derek Carr was like a borderline MVP candidate, right? Like the year he got hurt at the end of the year going into the playoffs. And then at his worst, it was like, well, is Gruden going to keep him? Right? I mean, like that's how – how high and then kind of low this guy has been. And Baker's been in that spot too. There's a time when Baker looks as good as almost anybody outside of Mahomes. And then there are times where it's like, all right, he's probably gonna get benched. But that is also the life of a quarterback when you're not Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, right? That I think Carr fits into this list. We'll go to the 13th pick, Dan Lobby, you're up.
1: This is where it gets really difficult for me. And there's one guy that I really kind of want to pull the trigger on, but I'm not going to. Uh, so I'll go with Baker's Oklahoma teammate. I'm going to go with Kyler here in this spot. Uh, this this kind of comes down to some of the stuff Ellis was saying. He's a guy that can fix some things. Now, I know Arizona struggled down the stretch. I, I don't think Kyler was healthy late in the season, and that is a concern for a guy that plays like him and, and does take some hits, is not very big. Uh, but I really like what I've seen from Kyler Murray so far. Going into year three, I would hope that he would be able to make a little jump here. So I'm kind of banking on that as well. So I'm going to go with Kyler here uh, in this spot. This is where can I say who I was who the other guy I was thinking about throwing in there? Yep. Yeah. Who? This was this was almost where I pulled the trigger on Trevor Lawrence.
3: Mm. Okay, we're
2: getting in range. We're getting. But in I, range I went with then. Kyler. Mm. This was the guy that I was saying. There's a guy with traits out there that that maybe people are saying. What you took Baker ahead of this guy, Ellis? Is this? I'm assuming LSU have Kyler Murray ahead of Baker Mayfield on your list.
0: I do. I do. Yeah. And it's for that reason it's, it's traits and a lot like Lamar Jackson where I think the system and the coaching staff is failing Lamar in Baltimore offensively. I think the Cardinals have a cliff Kingsbury problem that they need to figure out. And I, he's one going to be a a guy whose seat is going to get pretty warm at the start of next year. If they look up and down and that's the exact thing. It's, It's the up and down and then getting your quarterback injured at times because of things they asked Kyler Murray to do. He cleans up so many of their mistakes and putting him once again in a Cleveland Browns offense, I think would do wonders for his career.
2: And I do think if we had done this maybe middle of the year when he was at his peak and before he was not healthy in the back half of the year, I think he would have been higher too. There was a time when Kyler was looking like, oh man, he's breaking through, but then you have to factor injuries in because that's part of the deal and some of it's bad luck and some of it's like, maybe you are a smaller guy who takes hits. Who's more prone to it. Ellis, you're up next pick. Four- oh, go ahead. Mary Kay.
3: Oh, I was just going to say, Ellis, can you read off who I had at number 13 please?
0: <laughs> oh, on your whole oh, that I got to look at my phone for that one second to the Mary yeah, Kay I- big board. We're going <laughs> to the Mary the Mary Kay, big board Mary again. Kay can have a big board. Here we go. Here we go. Mary Kay on her list. You asked for 13. Yeah. I see the name Kyler Murray written down. Oh, look at that.
1: I said a gun with Trevor.
3: Just so you guys, <laughs> just so you guys know that I'm not making it up as I go along.
0: You've, earned a, have few, to... you've earned a few margaritas after this one, Mary Kay. <laughs> Mary Kay, you're so prescient,
2: prescient. When you're at South Beach, you're going to have to ask our bosses. You're just going to relocate to South Beach because yes. the sand brings out <laughs> your football expertise that you are nailing every pick.
3: I know. I'm going to have to stay here. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm all for it.
2: All right, Ellis. You're up at 14.
0: All right, this is, this is interesting. Um, I'm a little more optimistic about the batch that's left than uh, some other people. I, I find it fascinating that I also had Derek Carr uh, two spots between Baker Mayfield like Scott did, but it's obviously much lower on my board. To me, this is the safe pick versus the upside pick, and I'm going to take the veteran over a rookie. So I, it's got to be Matt Stafford. I had him at number nine. I'm getting him at – where are we? Fourteen. 14. 14 so once again I'm getting great value the Rams just mortgaged their future for this guy Sean McVay one of the brightest offensive minds in football if he's willing to attach both his legacy and just his Super Bowl chances to Matt Stafford then I am totally cool with picking him this low in the draft. And as I see him as a top 10 talent being from Minnesota, I've watched him two times a year carve up really good Vikings defenses. And he always gives green Bay a tough time too. the guy's a winner, despite all of his records and everything he had to overcome in Detroit. And I think NFL fans are finally going to be able to see that next year. All
2: right. I'm going to move on from the Matthew Stafford discussion a bit because it kind of is what it is. And I I had him right in this range too. I was down to two guys. I had my top 14 and my top two tiers I did not have Carr there. So I had two guys left and I was either going to have to pick Matthew Stafford or this other guy. And I was hoping I would not have to pick Matthew Stafford because I would rather pick this other guy. And this is the guy that I want to talk about. I'm taking Joe Burrow here. Mm. Joe Burrow is my number 12 quarterback. I think he is the closest thing to the next coming of Tom Brady. If he did not have a devastating injury, I would have had him higher than this. I'm getting my 12th pick at 15. We can talk a little more big picture picture future on Joe Burrow here, but Scott, like, does this feel, is this your range on Joe Burrow? Or should we be a little more worried about the injury and that he's not really going to be himself next year? I had him 16th.
4: So, yeah, I guess it's in the range. But, again, I valued guys who I didn't want to bank on potential going into year two of a a guy's career on getting me to the Super Bowl. So, in the injury – as part of it, but I think Burrow did enough when he was on the field to warrant being in the middle teens. So, I mean, this, this spot makes sense. What'd you think of Joey B here, Mary Kay?
3: I'm so jealous that you picked him here because I was hoping you wouldn't. So I could pick him next. I love Joe Burrow. So unfortunate that, that he went down this year. He, he took a team even in that game against the Browns. I, I felt that uh, he was just phenomenal in that game. He was tremendous that day. And I thought his defense quit on him. I thought they were over, you know, putting their houses up for sale on the sidelines and not wanting to play. And, uh, and he just kept dragging his team back into that football game. He's got heart and soul and guts and he's scrappy. And I think he's going to be tremendous. And I love this pick here. I had him at number 10.
2: I don't mean to be sacrilegious with something like this, but he is old. He played, co- he was five years of college, so he got the whole deal. It's a little different than maybe like a guy coming out after three years. He was a rookie, but I'm not so sure. Like, if you drop Joe Burrow into the Kansas City offense right now with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, I- I'm not so sure that Joe Burrow wouldn't do like a decent facsimile of what's going on there. He was dragging a dead franchise through this season, <laughs> he got hurt because they couldn't protect him. So there's a lot of upside in this pick, but I also think like he's an old young guy and I think he's like ready to be good kind of right now as long as he's healthy. Dan, was this around Joe Burrow time for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I had him pretty high up. I had him and Herbert kind of right on top of each other. And if we were doing a draft for like the next five years or the next seven years, I think Burrow would have gone top 10 probably, maybe even top five, who knows. Um, It's funny that he was picked right after Matthew Stafford, because there's a chance that maybe Joe Burrow turns into Matthew Stafford. And a few years from now, he pulls a Carson Palmer, like Palmer did to Cincinnati or Cincinnati has to trade him away because their organization is just not really built to win consistently. Uh, But but I love what Joe Burrow does. He's interesting because I don't know, is he really a traits guy? I've never viewed him as a big traits guy, but he's sort of got, he's got a little bit of that Baker Mayfield edge to his game. Yep. which, you know, I kind of like that in a quarterback. I like a guy that kind of plays that gutsy, like, gunslinger. And him and Baker had that shootout. You know, I, I think he's got a little Baker edge to him.
0: Where'd you have Burrow, Ellis? I had Burrow at 11 and Matthew Stafford at 9, which is the reason I win Stafford over Burrow. But I'm, I'm having a little buyer's remorse here. I'm agreeing with everything you guys are saying about Joe Burrow. To me, I think his trait is process and quick release and feet i know i just named three things but it's the combination of all those things he just plays in the pocket better than a lot of quarterbacks on this list especially the young ones and better than baker mayfield you know baker still gets a little jittery at times just for unexplainable reasons you never see that from joe burrow he's as cool calm, and collected as they come from day one in the pocket I think he's a better athlete than we're giving giving him credit for three rushing touchdowns this year before he was hurt. Him and Justin Herbert would have had an exciting showdown for the rookie passing touchdown record. We were robbed of that because of his injury. That would have been a fun thing to watch going down to the last game of the season there, I'm sure. And again, I'm looking at the list. I've I've been documenting who we all have. And for me to have Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow sounds a little better than having Matt Stafford there. And of course, Doug got him, so.
1: I'm, I'm a little uh-huh.
0: dejected dis- right now. I know the Can now. I
1: throw one? Can I throw one more trade out there that I think matters? And I know we're talking about a guy that did get hurt, but it was an ACL. He's tough. Mm-hmm. He, he's yeah. not going to come out of the game. Like it took mm-hmm. a torn ACL for him to finally, you know, end his season this year. This, he keeps getting up, and I think that matters. I think when a quarterback does that, Baker has shown us that. Other guys have shown us that durability and the ability when you're not protected and you're just getting beat up all game to just keep getting up and, you know, keep delivering. I I think that's a trait in a quarterback for sure.
0: Real quick. I totally agree, Dan. I just want to let the record show. I'm not worried about his ACL injury at all, but Tom Brady's playing in the Super Bowl is 43 and has done that before too. I I think he's going to bounce back just fine. And one last trait on
2: Joe Burrow and our Joe Burrow love fest. He's just a good player. His teammates love him. And there's lots of quarterbacks. I mean, Deshaun Watson's teammates love him. Patrick Mahomes' teammates love him. Baker Mayfield's teammates love him. But not everybody. But I do think that's a thing, too. If you're talking franchise quarterback locker room guy, Burrow has got that just like Baker does, and I do think that matters. Okay, we did three rounds in an hour. We're going to do the last four rounds in half an hour. We're going to go fast. There are two guys in particular that I am very curious to see where they go. And frankly, a lot of the rest of it, no offense to Ellis, who still has some guys he's like, is chaff. This is, now we're in the area, we are really, Baker's better than all this. So this is, again, a reminder. Why did we do this? It's to remind you that we are 15 picks in to a 35-pick draft, and we're starting to get to the point of like, I don't know, that guy? That's the reality of quarterback life in the NFL, and we're back to pick 16 with Mary Kay Cabot.
3: Well, I'm excited to make this pick because I really wanted to make Joe Burrow uh, my pick here, but since I couldn't pick him and I can't wait to see him compete in the AFC North for the next decade, but since I couldn't pick him, I'm almost just excited to make this next pick. And it is, <laughs> um... hey, <laughs> it is Trevor Lawrence.
2: I think this is the right spot for him. I think we're we're right in this range now. We're out of the range of like, kind of like guys who have done it and have done it really well or who are not falling off a cliff. So this is the 16th pick. I had Lawrence at 17. Dan, I'm going to imagine everybody had Lawrence starting to be around this area.
1: I, I mean, I almost, took, I almost took him with my last pick and had Kyler been off the board, I, I might've taken him. Probably not over Burrow, but I, I would have at least considered it. When you just watch the guy play, he's great. And I know Ohio State fans have the memory of him in the semifinal this year, maybe not looking great. But when you just look at that body of work, he's really good. And I go back to the semifinal game against Ohio State the year before when, you know, had the targeting call against him. And again, that toughness factor, right? We saw a little bit of that in that game. And then he gets the football trailing and leads Clemson on one of the most efficient game-winning drives I've seen. I I think he's got everything. I don't know if he's as surefire a prospect as Andrew Luck was coming out, but he's pretty close.
2: And again, this is for next year as a rookie, but he's got the size. He's a good athlete. He's played a ton of games in college. And I think it's reasonable to think that, I mean, this guy's not going to be lost. We saw Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and Tua did struggle more, but you know, they weren't perfect, but they were ready for this. And I think, you know, Scott, Trevor Lawrence, like is going to be ready for this, right? Don't you think?
4: He was 29th on my list. I don't really? want a rookie. I don't want a rookie with one year to, to win the Super Bowl. I just don't. I mean, he might be great. I just don't see him being overcoming. He's going to have rookie issues. I mean, I just don't, I don't want a rookie in this situation.
2: Interesting. Ellis, did you feel the same way or did where did you have Trevor?
0: I, I completely understand Scott's logic. I had Trevor Lawrence at 15. There's only two players on the board right now that I have over that Baker Mayfield threshold. When it comes to Trevor Lawrence, I've I've got a few friends that coach at Pitt and they Pitt played in at Clemson this year. And after the game, I just texted him. So what was it like? And he responded, dog, three dots, dot, dot, dot. He's next. And to me, I think it's that simple. I mean, he just is, Aside from the complete package, which is such a cliche, it's it's the underrated athlete in him. He's going to be a, a running option in this league for years to come. He can make every throw on the football field. And, and again, putting him in an offense where he can have simple reads and be an athlete, to me, puts him just right above the, the where we are right now because of him having some undefended – comparable to like a a Josh Allen where he's, I think he has some undefendable traits that you just don't see in, in your average quarterback class.
2: So we all think he's going to be great, but again, this is about next year. There is, I mean, there's some a little disrespect in another way going on here. There's some established veterans who have won a lot of games in the NFL who just got picked behind a rookie, even though all of us kind of agree other than Scott, that it made sense to pick the rookie, but I'm sure I'm curious to see Scott, where are you going with pick number 17 here?
4: Again, this is where you get you're like, eh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of guys here left. Uh, I could pick one of them. I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins. He's the next guy on my list. I mean, he's been he's been efficient, he's been solid the last couple of years. He was, I mean, he had a pretty decent year here with, with without uh with Kevin Stavansky uh not being there. So, I'm going to take Cousins at this spot.
2: I think it makes sense. I don't want to have a Kirk Cousins discussion here. Dan, who are you picking? You're up at number oh, 18. Oh man.
1: This is this is a really tough spot. Cause I've got, I've got a name here that I'm staring at. And I just, I really don't like this guy and I don't want to pick him. So I think I'm going to pass on him and he's probably going to come up here very shortly, but he's, he's a fantasy football guy and that's it. So I'm going to pass on him. I think here I'm going to go. I think I'll make the Jimmy G pick here. I'm going to bring in Jimmy G. I'm going to put him in the right system and I'm going to just try and win for one season with the guy. The guy has shown that you can win with him. For whatever reason, he's like the the picture of quarterback wins, right? It's it's Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm I'm gonna take my chances with Jimmy G right here.
2: I had him 24th. This is a but maybe I'm underrating him. But this is the range. This is who we're talking about here. The Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world. I'm this is not the guy I'm most curious about. So Ellis, who do you have at number nineteen?
0: Real quick, I had Kirk Cousins at sixteenth or excuse me, at 17th, right below Baker Mayfield, uh, Jimmy G down at 27th. I think when Kyle Shanahan's out on you, much like Sean McVay being done with his quarterback, that told me what I needed to know. My pick, and Dan, I'm really glad you didn't take him because I think that's who you were going to take, is Matt Ryan. He threw for 1,000 more yards than Baker Mayfield this year. He's won an MVP in this exact style of offense that I keep referring to, the Kyle Shanahan, Kevin Stefanski, Gary Kubiak system. He was fourth in the league in passing yards this year, only behind Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes, I believe. You you can write him off if you want to, but he's got plenty of good football left in him. And if we're talking about one season, he's already played in the Super Bowl, was down 28-3 to to Tom Brady and the Patriots. We know how that ended, but still, he was in that moment. I'm ecstatic with this pick. He was 12th on my board. If I don't get Matt Ryan here, I go to my 18th option, and I have four picks in my top 12 of my big board. I'm cool with that.
2: This is where we are. We are in the Kirk cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan range. And it's Can just I, like, who do you believe in?
1: I, I just want to say this about me. I've just never been a Matt Ryan guy. Uh, you know, his numbers are great. And then I watch him play. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, w- like, what's the deal with this guy? Mary Kay, I do not envy you when he comes up for the hall of fame because he inevitably will. And he will be the picture of the inflated passing numbers of this era. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. They're, I'm probably completely wrong on Matt Ryan, but I I couldn't take him here. He did win me a fantasy football league once, though. Ask me about my fantasy team.
3: Which is why why Austin Hooper ended up as our most disappointing player of the season. (laughs) You play
2: Matt Ryan. (laughs) Like Kevin Stefanski, he's a Philly guy, though, if that matters. All right. So here um, I had my top 14. Then I had five guys that I was okay with. Which took me to 19 quarterbacks overall. I'm ready here to pick number 20. There's one quarterback left here for me to take, and it's the guy that I was most curious about. Everybody else below him has, like, really kind of not never done it, but not done it at the consistent level that this guy's done it at. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of what version of this guy is left. And I'm imagining you still get some cyborg version of a competent, possibly winning quarterback in the right system. I just, I don't want anybody else instead of him. So I'm taking Ben Roethlisberger.
3: Oh, I knew you were going to do that.
2: So that's, I had him 19th, he's at 20th. And then you start getting into like, almost everybody else has a pretty darn big question mark. Ben's only question mark is, is he going to be upright? But if he's upright, I mean he threw for five hundred yards in the in the loss to the Browns, right? So that's that's my question here. And it feels like there's some agreement here that this is around the Big Ben spot. Scott, is this right? The Big Ben spot roughly?
4: Yeah, I had him 21st. So I mean he's in that group of the the 15 to, to 20 area that I was considering. So that makes sense. Mary Kay, another noser for you?
3: One hundred percent noser. I mean, it's the weirdest thing. I I am I'm going to play some lottery or something tonight i had a noser uh for ben in my original big board here right there at number 20 and then right before you made your pick i wrote his name down again at number 20 i i put it in he he was the pick i mean he was there was no there's so nobody else to pick here that i can't even make a pick at number 21 Cause yeah. the, like, I just don't want anybody else.
2: I feel like the only discussion here is would anybody, did anybody really think that Ben should have gone before now? That is 22 low for him, for a guy I mean, who is a hall of famer and is still putting up big stats.
1: I've got him way down my list. I've I've got two, I've got two guys who were backups this year ahead of him on my list. I've got, I've got him way down. I'm out on big Ben. You think he's done basically. I, I think he's pretty close. I think he's a guy that can still put up some numbers, but I, I'm out. I'm out on big Ben.
3: Okay. We'll see. We shall see.
0: It's it's The more I think about this now, Dan, I'm wondering if you may be right, because as, as I keep thinking about the system I want to play my quarterback in, Big Ben couldn't run this Kevin Stefanski system. I mean, there's no way in hell that he's bootlegging, right? So if Big Ben can only play in shotgun, not want to have a running game, and throw quick passes, you're right. He can fill a stat sheet, but is that – one dimension style of playing gonna get you to the, the promised land like the point of this exercise. So I may have just talked myself out of it. I because I was gonna start with saying I think it's a little disrespectful we have Ben. I could see him in that I have him in that Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr range, but with my own argument, I can't plug him in the one system I want to play my quarterback in. So you might be right. All right.
2: I think we're we're all generally here, but I think Dan makes a good point. I mean if you're out, you're out like you think like he's not a functional quarterback anymore. 21 first pick in the fifth round it's Mary Kay Cabot
3: you know what this is a bad I'm making a bad pick here I'm I'm admitting it before I even say this but <laughs> I am I'm just not enamored with hardly anybody else uh, so I'm going Alex Smith here just because I, I like Alex Smith I have liked him in the past I like I just like his game and I just didn't really like anybody else so that's well, my well- guy
2: Let's run through this round and sort of let people explain their pick. And then maybe we can talk about people within context of each other. Scott at 22, who do you got?
4: Am I allowed to pick Andrew Luck? No, I'm not picking Andrew Luck. I'm going with Jared Goff at number 18. Maybe he, uh, he gets things back on track with the Lions.
2: I think that, I mean, again, that's like, that guy's, you know, he's still young, he's pretty good, but he just got traded because his coach didn't believe in him. But again, we're all, now we're at the point of where everybody has a flaw. Dan, who you have?
1: I'm going to go with, uh, there's two guys I'm looking at here and I'm going to go with the upside. I'm going to take Tua making the second year leap. I know this was a a tough year. I know it wasn't the rookie year people envisioned for him. I know that Ryan Fitzpatrick was coming in and out, kind of the relief pitcher for that team. But I think if you put Tua in the right system, there's still that guy that was considered one of the best quarterback prospects. Again, one of those sort of like, Trevor Lawrence, you put him in that class. One of the best quarterback prospects coming out of college. I think that guy is still in there. So I'm going to take, the ups, I'm going to take a bet here that Tua figures it out in year number two, and I can win some games with him. Tua, number 23. Look at
3: you.
2: <laughs> insane. Absolutely insane. I need the whole list. I need the whole Mary Kay big boy. <laughs> Mary Kay got 27 of 35 picks. Exactly right.
4: <laughs> Maybe right, she now, knows no. us really well. Maybe that's, that's it. That's true.
3: Oh, <laughs> That's that Dan true.
2: Lobby. He loves Tua. I know Dan loves Tua. <laughs> That's uh, I'm
3: the number 23.
2: At number
1: right.
3: 23, yeah.
0: All right, Ellis, so 20, 24. Who you got, Ellis? All right, at 24, I'm taking a quarterback that only threw one pass this year. I believe it was one pass. I, it was a playoff touchdown pass. Give me Jameis Winston. Backed up Drew Brees this year. The Saints didn't play Jameis Winston, not because they wanted to see what Taysom Hill was. I I, I read a pretty smart article on this. Jameis Winston had incentives in his contract where if he hit any of them, the Saints cap is non-existent. It would have been fines. It would have been in a lot of trouble. So they couldn't have Jameis Winston hit any of those incentives so they could roll him into next year, or Jameis Winston would have been the quarterback. It was a financial decision, not a football decision. They figured Taysom Hill would win them enough games. Jameis Winston led the NFL in receiving yard, or in passing yards just a year ago. Of course, the 30 interceptions, but I sound like a broken record. Plug him in the Kyle Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, Kevin's fancy offense. And you saw what it did for breaker Mayfield. Even a guy like Jameis just might throw only 12 interceptions in that system. So I'll take Jameis. I think it's a very
2: reasonable pick with what else is on the board, because there's that you wonder a little bit. A lot of other guys is like, well, I kind of know what they are. Jameis, you kind of know what he is, but does this reset it? A year watching Drew Brees. And a change of scenery, if you got him on generic team X and put him in there, maybe he's reevaluated stuff. Now, the thing that makes me a little nervous is, like, they put Tom Brady in the offense and they went to the Super Bowl. So that a little bit is like, okay, well, it's like it's not like he's blameless for the 30 picks, right? I mean, he had some dudes oh, around him and he threw 30 picks, but also we're at pick 24, so what are you going to do? All right, I'm making a weird pick here, but I just wonder what this guy would do if you actually gave him, like, a good team, which generic team X is and we are at the point where you're trying to figure out which like disappointing young guy are you trying to salvage at this point? So I'm not going to try to salvage any of them. And I'm taking Ryan Fitzpatrick and like put him in with just competence and see, and see if he can do it. I, I don't know. I mean, he's not, the upside is not there, but I think there might be a more steadiness here than what you would get at a bunch of the other guys on this list. So Alex Smith at twenty one, Jared Goff at twenty two, Tua at twenty three, Jameis Winston twenty four, Ryan Fitzpatrick at twenty five. Mary Kay, what did you think of that round? Is there anybody that jumped out as a good or bad pick there?
3: No, I think that I think that's good. I mean, the worst out of those I think was my Alex Smith pick, but I owned that right off right off the bat. So I, I think that's, I think that's about right. These guys are all like sort of hit or miss. Let's, let's see what happened. And I, I think we're about right on those. The, the intriguing thing to me was what Scott said about Andrew luck. And you might be onto something there, Scott. I mean, there are rumors that he's on his way back. So it could get interesting.
2: Let's take Andrew luck off the board, just because I don't want someone to swoop in and pick Andrew luck <laughs> and when
0: the draft, uh, I boy. didn't have him
2: on my list. Wait, did people have him on it on their list?
0: I, mean, I, yeah. I, I don't, but we could just do this whole podcast again next week if he comes back or <clears> in <certain throat> month when he does return. <laughs> yeah. Is Andrew Luck back after after retirement? Is he better
2: than Baker Mayfield? Let's do an hour and a half podcast to find out. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll move to pick 26. It's the first pick of the sixth round. and it's Mary Kay Cabot.
3: I am going with hometown boy Mitchell Trubisky Whoa. at number 26.
2: I think this is, this is exactly right. I had him 25th. I mean, I I like him better than some of the other reclamation, younger guy deals because now the other thing is I don't know that his coaching in Chicago has been like incompetent, right? I mean, people, it's not terrible there. I think like, for instance, there's another guy out there who I think just got coached into the ground. And maybe that's why I don't know that Trubisky got coached into the ground, but I don't know. Don't we think there's something maybe still there? Ellis Mm -hmm. something maybe still there with
3: Mitch. He showed a pulse. He showed a pulse this year, you know, he was ready to be completely written off and uh, he came up off the mat and he showed some things. And so, I mean, I think 26 is, is a decent spot for him. When I look at the rest of the list, I can't get too excited about many of the rest of the guys. I, I think he still has a little something.
0: Yeah. If you look at Mitch Risky's last like five, six games, the bears definitely turned it around, but I'm going to use Mary Kay's, own medicine against her, if you look at the defenses the Bears played, I think that tells more of the story. I don't have the list in front of me, but off the top of my head, I know one of them was the Houston Texans, and that game was not played in a blizzard, so you were able to throw the ball around, and the Texans had no pass defense this year, so there are some attributes you like with Mitch Trubisky, but there's a lot of issues, like his inability to throw to the left side of the field, for example. I had him at 31, but again, we're in this range.
2: Scott Patsko picking 27th what do you got, Scott?
0: Give me Carson Wentz. Too yeah, it was a really, It
4: was a really rough year for him, but I'm looking at the guys left on my list here. And other than Cam Newton, Carson Wentz has showed you something before. So, again, we're at, you know, 27th overalls here. So let's take Cam New- or Carson Wentz.
2: Did you guys read the big deep dive that the Philly Enquirer wrote after all this went down with Carson Wentz? I don't want him on my team. And I have to write this. I am fascinated by the idea that I think maybe some people thought that Baker Mayfield might be a lot to handle coming into the NFL. And Carson Wentz, like, played at North Dakota and went and shot deer, and everybody loved him. I think Carson Wentz is a pain in the butt. I don't want him on my team.
4: So- I'm keeping him in his own apartment away from the team and <laughs> our fantasy team X here. And he only shows up for practice, he does not interact with anybody in the locker room. He just does the job and goes, goes home. So I'm, I'm confident he can get the job
2: done. I don't know. But I, I am way out on Carson Wentz. I almost would probably be at the point where I would just pick anybody else in, in, other than Carson Wentz. I had him 33rd on my list. Anybody want to defend Carson Wentz? I like talking about Carson Wentz because there was a time when a lot of people were mad that he wasn't a Brown. And I don't think anybody's mad anymore that he's not a Brown. So
3: I'm interested to see what the new coaching staff can, can get out of him. I, I'm, I'm curious to see... Because Baker looked really bad last year, right? And then a new coaching staff came in and they got him all turned around. So it can happen for a quarterback. I don't know if it'll happen for Carson Wentz, but I'm interested to see what these guys can can do with him when he has, you know, some offensive linemen and some weapons and a good coach.
0: Yeah. Everything Mary Kay just said is one of the reasons I love this league. We're going to find out pretty quickly. What's the deal with Carson Wentz, Doug. I completely agree with you where, it's less about what's going on in the football field. And and trust me, I will Browns fans saw it this year. There's a lot of issues going on with Carson Wentz on the football field. Uh, some yips, some, I'm just not going to throw the football and I'll take this sack type decision-making. But to Doug's point about that story, there are locker room issues. There are personality traits that are wrong with Carson Wentz. And for everything we said about Joe Burrow, and especially Baker Mayfield I I don't want this I don't think this is what it is right now but I don't want this podcast to turn in like oh else is so low on Baker two things Mary Kay said about Baker his ability to prove people wrong and and feed off people doubting him undeniable I mean that is that is Michael Jordan stuff and I respect the hell out of that trait that he has and also he's an unquestioned leader I mean there is no doubt who the leader of the Cleveland Browns is and it's Baker Mayfield same thing we said about Joe Burrow Carson Wentz doesn't have that and if you don't have that on a football field it's really tough to play quarterback in the, in the pro leagues, nonetheless college or high school It is the bona fide leadership position in sports. And, and Carson doesn't have it right now. And I don't know if he will again, Dan 28, you're up.
1: I, I can't believe the two guys I'm eyeing here are still on the board. I can't believe Mitch Trubisky and Carson Wentz, went above the two guys I'm looking at right here. So I'm going to go with the veteran that I have on my list. I'm going to take Teddy Bridgewater.
3: Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one, Dan.
1: Not as
2: much ceiling. But steady, right? And if you think you have a good team, you might be able to win with this
1: guy. I I mean, we're at the point now where you're basically like Mary Kay's Alex Smith pick. I can close my eyes and I know what kind of offense Alex Smith has to play in. I can close my eyes. I can see, you know, there's another guy we'll talk about with this here coming up, I'm sure. I can see it might be hard to win with this guy. Although I don't know if it's real hard to win with Teddy, but it might be hard to win with this guy, but I can figure out a way how to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm taking Teddy there.
2: That's a good pick.
3: That's a good pick.
0: pick. Ellis, you're up 29th. This is tough. This is really tough. I wondered if it would, if we'd get this point in the draft and I'd have to make a decision like this and it looks like I do. Man. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to I'm changing my board live here. I think I have to, I have to take Sam Darnold and I have to take Sam Darnold because I have a, like Mary Kay just said in this Carson Wentz conversation, Baker Mayfield was bad, bad, bad in a, in a, in a tough situation a year ago. And he completely flipped the script once a a, a adult coaching staff was surrounding him. I wonder if that's just the case with Sam Darnold too. And I'm not here to say who's better between Sam Darnold and that class and where we're ranking him. That's not the point. I'm just saying there was a reason he was picked where he was picked. And now you can point to a lot of mistakes around him that have put him where he is now. And because of the offense, I keep reminding everyone that I'm installing. I think he flourishes I'm moving him ahead of a few guys that I may regret because of some athleticism, athleticism upside. But I think Sam Darnold has a lot of good football left in front of him. He just needs to find the right home.
2: I think it's a great pick. I think he might be waiting for his Kevin Stefanski. And I think, I think he has been murdered by that coaching staff. We have no idea. He's been awful, but I feel like we legitimately have no idea how good he might actually be because he's been his career has been ruined by what has happened in New York and he's super young. He's super young. That was a big thing when it was like him versus Baker. Baker was whatever, two or three years older. I think this is a really good pick. I certainly would have picked him next if you did not pick him here. So I'm very curious if, if they, if the jets do something, if they pick a quarterback or do something where they don't pick stuff to try to build around Darnold one more time and they send him somewhere I think if if he goes to to the Colts, I don't know, something like that, where he goes to a good system, I think he has a chance to still hit. This is a really good value at 29. I'm going to go the exact opposite way. And Dan, I want to know if this is a veteran that you were thinking about, because I think this is a winning veteran who's still sitting here that is easy to forget about. Andy Dalton. So, I mean, the guy like lost his job because all he did was get to the playoffs and lose. It's like, all right, well, I, I mean, at 30, I'll take that. I think if you have a good structure and good stuff around him, he's competent and I would rather take Andy Dalton than Carson Wentz or, you know, some of these other really, really iffy dudes. So I'm not thrilled by this. I would have rather had Darnold, but I think Andy Dalton stands out to me here. Any, any major thoughts on Andy?
1: I I dug the last two guys you've taken. I hadn't even written down on my big board, but that being said, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think is a good pick. He's just kind of a guy I forgot about and Andy Dalton too. I I think is, is a good pick. The farther we get away from it, the Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis years in Cincinnati look like they were working miracles based on what that organization does and the fact that they somehow managed to make the playoffs every year, even though they didn't cash that in. I'm looking at my big board. There's only maybe two names on here that I would absolutely say, no way I'm not taking Andy Dalton over that guy. So I, I can't argue with it.
2: All right, let's go to the last round. We're gonna th- go through 35, so we all get to make the same number of picks. We are on pick 31. It's Mary Kay Cabot. Who's your last pick, Mary Kay?
3: Justin Fields. There he
1: is. That's one of my guys.
3: <laughs> Justin Fields. Time for Justin. If only because you know, there are the few guys that I have left. I just, I just can't see it, and I'm not, I'm not into it. Uh, this guy at least has plenty of upside potential. Uh, he's going to be exciting, and uh, I, I like him better than. Than the last four or five guys I have on my list.
2: So I'll just jump in real quick uh, on Justin. I think Justin's going to be great. I think he should be the number two pick in the draft. I think he's a franchise quarterback. I think anybody should take him. I don't know if he'll be great in year one. I think it might take him a little time. I mean, some of the analysts who view him talk about like how often does he get to his second read, but sometimes at Ohio State, you don't get to your second read because your first read is Chris Olave and he's wide open and you throw it to him. He has great deep ball touch, he's incredibly accurate. He's an unbelievable athlete. He has speed and power when he runs. I think he has a chance to absolutely hit in a big way. I didn't take him yet because I I just don't know that it'll be right away in year one. But Mary Kay, my gosh, with everybody else left, I'm I'm a little surprised even that he lasted this long to pick 31. He's the second, you know, rookie coming off the board here after Trevor Lawrence. I think it's really good. Scott, who's your last pick at 32? I'm taking Taylor Anickey. He's Ooh. fun. He'll find a home somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if somebody would take him. I think he's, I think he's worthy of being picked, right, in this, in this 35 quarterback draft. I think he's definitely a worthy pick, Scott. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I mean, he had spunk. And if you're going to pick a quarterback at 35 in our draft, uh, maybe that's what you're looking for. All
2: right, Dan, you're up at 33 with your last pick.
1: Okay, I'm just going to run through. There's not a lot of names here. These are the names that I have left on my sheet. And I'm going to try and figure this out. So Josh Rosen, no. Drew Locke, no. Daniel Jones, eh. Cam Newton, eh. Jacoby Brissett, maybe. Zach Wilson, I think I'm going to go with Jacoby. I'll take Jacoby Brissett. Now, I don't think he's like necessarily a guy that's going to be your starter for five years or whatever. But I think you can figure out a way to win with Jacoby Brissett. Had a pretty good... What maybe half season in Indianapolis as the starter? There's guys on this list that have done worse. I, I don't completely trust Daniel Jones. I don't completely trust Cam Newton, uh, just based on what we saw. I don't know how if he can throw the ball down the field anymore. So I'll I'll roll the dice on Jacoby Brissett with my last pick. Another I have two former Bill Belichick backups.
2: That'll
0: work. You believe in Bill? It's a good guy to bank <laughs> on. All right, Ellis, your last pick at 34. And I've still got some names. I'm I guess I'm a, I shouldn't say surprised, but. Taysom Hill's a fun one to entertain. It's not my pick, though. I think Marcus Mariota's interesting. Uh, Just traits again and a a chance to be a lower version of what Jameis Winston might be in his next phase. Doug, I hope you take Cam Newton because it hurts my soul that he may go undrafted. Perhaps his arm is done, but I don't know. It probably is, so I just talked myself out of that one. And I want to shout out Tyrod Taylor very quickly. His year ended uh, in one of the saddest ways I've Ever heard of uh, on a football field. And I hope he still has a spot in this league. With all that being said, I'm taking Jalen Hurts. He made the Eagles' offense look explosive at times. And I think Doug Peterson deserved to lose his job. That guy has no understanding of how to run a complete offense. He just wants to call passing plays. I'm not going to get on a rant about that. It's just really frustrating as an offensive guy to see that. Jalen hurts has enough traits that can solve some problems for me. I think he progresses as a quarterback and he would thrive in this Kevin fancy system that for the ninth time I'm installing for my team X.
2: All right. I think it's interesting pick. I, I probably would have picked him if you didn't pick him, but I'm going to pick this guy who is too high on my board. I'm realizing I have three guys kind of near each other. on My board cam Newton is the third highest guy I've left. I'm not going to pick him. Daniel Jones is the second highest guy I've left. I'm not going to pick him. Maybe this is crazy, but part of the reason I want to have this discussion for three minutes before we all have to go and why I'm going to pick this guy is because I would like this guy to be the Browns backup quarterback someday. And I think the Case Keenum investment was really smart for Baker now, right? Five, was it 5000000 million? They're paying him $5 million? Is that right? Like, but at some point, that's not – I don't know. I mean, you don't need to – Baker's your guy. So I think I do believe sometimes in kind of marrying – your backup back up to your starter and like, this have a guy who plays a similar way. So I'm taking Gardner Minshew and I'm a little surprised Dan didn't take him before. I, I think this guy might, a might, be a, a kind of like, I don't want to say winning quarterback. I mean, he's limited, right? He's limited in what he is, but he had no chance in Jacksonville this year. And I think he was, he was certainly done more than people ever expected him to do. And I think, I'll tell you, I've been doing these young quarterback rankings after week one, when Gardner Minshew and the, and Jacksonville beat the Colts, people were like, oh man, I wish Baker Mayfield was as good as Gardner Minshew. And it was like, that's where we were week one of this season. So I know Dan loves him. I know it'd be great to cover, but I actually think he might make sense. Maybe not right now, but like at some point, I think he's going to turn into that. He's going to be a case Keenum type of guy. I think he'll stick around in the league as a backup. And I think he would make a lot of sense in Cleveland. So I I think he's moderately okay. And I just think Cam Newton's done. I think Daniel Jones is a fumble machine. I don't want him. Gardner Minshew it is. Can we get him in Cleveland, Mary Kay? Is that a reasonable backup for the Browns?
3: Yeah, I like it. I like him a lot. I I love the character. He'd be fun to cover. Uh, I like his game. Bring him on. He'd be fun. He and Baker would be funny together.
4: The mustache competition would be extraordinary.
3: (laughs) I like it.
1: I think the the Browns backup discussion is interesting and I think it sort of comes down to what does Baker, what do you need behind Baker Mayfield as a backup, right? Do you need a guy like Gardner Minshew who plays like him or do you need a veteran guy who, and I know as Baker gets older, maybe this changes, but do you need a veteran guy who's sort of just, he's in that room with Baker Baker can bounce ideas off of him. You know, the guy can come in. He's basically Case Keenum. You know, the guy can come in and win a game for you if you need to. Um, I think that's interesting, but yeah, Gardner Minshew's a, Look, we're just throwing out names at this point. I think Gardner is as good as as any other name we could throw out at this point in the draft. Yep.
2: All right, so Marcus Mariota, I do think, was an interesting name. worth. I thought about him. He didn't get picked. We didn't pick Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, who are the other two quarterbacks that may go in the first round of this draft. Didn't pick Taysom Hill as the Saints wrinkle. Didn't pick Drew Locke in Denver, who nobody really believes in. Did not pick Cam Newton. Did not pick Daniel Jones. Um, That's our draft. The Browns have a pretty good quarterback, Mary Kay. We'll let you have the final word here as our number one drafter. The Browns are in the mix. And and if we would have done this in previous years, we wouldn't have done this podcast in previous years because nobody would have listened to it. It's like, when will the Browns quarterback get picked? Will he get picked at number 29? The Browns have a chance because their quarterback isn't Patrick Mahomes. But this is a reminder, half the league is a mess. The top five to seven guys are indisputably awesome. Baker is in neither of those groups, but he's in that good middle where you can win, Mary Kay, which is why we had this discussion.
3: Exactly. And and it's also timely because there, there is a lot of talk right now uh, about, you know, should the Browns try to trade for Deshaun Watson and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think it's a good time to do something like this and kind of take a look at where he's at and what the future is. And I truly believe uh, that they think the upside is – Tremendous. And that that once they really dig in and, and work on what he can do, and once he goes to work on his own capabilities, which I think some people in the organization feel like maybe he's just kind of scratched the surface, too, on some of the things that he can do. Uh, I think I think he's got a ways, a long ways to go up.
0: Okay,
1: thanks for listening to this Friday podcast. Hope you enjoyed that quick little trip down memory lane. I guess it wasn't so quick; it was kind of a long one. But I hope you enjoyed it. And like I said, you're going to hear some of these reruns throughout the next five weeks as we navigate some vacation time and different things as we go through the lead up to training camp. But fear not; we will have live podcasts coming your way. We're going to be back on Monday. Doug LaMare, Scott Patsko, and I are going to take some football insider, true or false questions on that day so we will be back live on monday hey mary Kate on tuesday and we've got a full week of pods coming your way make sure you're a football insider subscriber cleveland.com slash brown's the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up thanks for listening everybody